Now, let's try and traverse through these lessons together. As I said, I have five lessons for you and not a sixth. Bidnillahi ta'ala. Bidnillahi ta'ala. The first message that I would like to share with you, and there are many from what I've just read, but the first of the five, O servants of Allah and O children of Adam, is the lesson related to the preservation of life. And this act actually being sacred. This act actually being sacred. And Rasulullah wasallam was an amazing teacher. Amazing teacher. In 23 years, he changed a peninsula from the darkness of shirk and tribalism and low self-esteem and warfare over pettiness to a guided nation. In 23 years, in 23 years, Allah, understand how amazing Rasulullah was. Right? Today we've seen nations that have lived for decades in darkness and attempts to change these nations have been met with utmost revolt. And decades later, they exist in a worse darkness than they existed decades before. Contemplate and ponder over the, the civilizations today. The civilizations today. Right? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in 23 years took them from the lowest of the low to the best of the best. And yes, they were the best of the best. They were the best of the best. Today we say Umar ibn Khattab radiyallahu anhu. And we are amazed by him. And he was a man who said before Islam, he would build his idol from dates. And when he was hungry, he would eat it. This was their situation. But after Islam, he was a man that when he walked a path, shaitan would run away and quickly take another path. Subhana Rabbi al By the testimony of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Shaitan salaka fajjan akhar. He sees Umar and shaitan gets scared. That perhaps this man will convert me. Right? Or that perhaps Umar will make shaitan observe salah and siyam and become a believer. Allahu Akbar. So he treads another path. This was Umar. But before Islam, he was somebody else. And that is why Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu when Palestine was freed in his reign and he was walking to Bayt al-Maqdis and he got off his mount and he placed his slippers underneath his armpits and walked into Bayt al-Maqdis. The Sahabi with him said, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, why don't you change your stature? You are entering upon people that are lords and kings and they have a specific way. They have a specific way. So Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anh turned to him and said, if it was other than you who said this, you would have been dealt with with the dealing of Umar. If it was other than you who said this. Because you know Umar was a straight person. Wouldn't tolerate this mujamala. Right? As we say in the Arabic language. 
He was straight, candid, direct upon the haqq. And this is why shaitan was scared of him. This is why shaitan was scared of him. We know Umar, when he accepted Islam, and he announced, or before Islam, he was the one who came up with the suggestion that anyone who accepts the message of Muhammad wasallam, the leaders of the tribe should inflict punishment upon them. Open punishment. So that anyone who flirts with the idea of Islam would become deterred. And Umar al-Khattab, radiallahu anhu, he used to carry out these punishments. He would lash those from his people, from his tribe that accepted Islam. And one day, I'm not sure if I said this to you before in, or in another talk. One day he was with a close friend of his and he saw this friend of his in distress. And Umar was wise. He was a man of ra'i. And that's why Rasulullah made dua for the Islam of Umar. Rasulullah was a visionary. He had a vision. That's why he made dua for Umar. Because he knew the Islam of Umar would help his vision, which was Islam reaching the four corners of the world. And how many states came under Muslim control during the reign of Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu See the vision of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He never did anything as a fruitless exercise. As a fruitless exercise. Everything he did was a mission within the framework of his vision. He never wasted time. There was a substantial reason behind it. And that is why he made dua for Umar instead of somebody else. We must have a vision, brothers and sisters, in our lives. A vision with regards to our families. A vision when we have an institution, an organization, Islamic organization or whatever it is. You must have a vision. What is the end that you want to see? And how is what I'm doing now going to drive me to that particular end? This is important. Today we find ourselves doing 101 different things and we do not become fulfilled. Why? Because there's no clarity behind why we're actually doing it. Even when we get married, we choose our spouse without having substantial credentials that we stand by before we choose them. Because we don't know who we are and we don't know who we're not. This is it. We, don't, we haven't understood who we are. We don't know where we want to go in life. We don't know how we want to attain our Jannah. We don't know the world we want to see the day we are on our deathbed. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam knew the world he wanted to see the day he was on his deathbed. He wanted a world where Umar was a Muslim and played a formidable role in Islam and its spreading. And that's a lecture for another day, inshallah. I have a talk on visioning that I did in the UK. Inshallah, it will come out and you can listen to it. So Umar ibn al-Khattab, he meets his friend and he sees him in distress. And Umar was a man of perception. So he said, it's as if you are flirting with the idea of becoming a Muslim. So he said, yes. He said, yes. He said, yes. But then I will have to face you. And what did Umar radiallahu anh say to him? Umar radiallahu anh said to him that then I will lash a man I respect. Allahu Akbar. That yes, you will face my punishment, but I would be afflicting this punishment on a person I respect, a person who stands by his principles. Subhanahu rabbi ala ala. Anyway, we're digressing a little bit, but it, this is nice to mention. 
This is nice to mention. Because we're talking about Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and what an amazing teacher he was and how he converted an entire region in just 23 years. And I want you to pay attention to his amazing form of instruction, the prophetic methodology in teaching here in this hadith. We know that they were tribes of warfare and wars would erupt due to pettiness. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam to make them really understand this issue of a life and it being sacred and it being upon us to preserve it, he says to them, O people, do you know this day that we are experiencing right now? They knew because they valued the day of Arafah. Do you know the month that we are experiencing right now? They knew because they honored the month of Dhul-Hijjah. It was sacred to them. They never did anything to violate the sacredness of the day of Arafah. Or violate the sacredness of Dhul-Hijjah. And he said, do you know the city that we are in? And he knew that they held Mecca in high regard. And they would never do anything to violate the sacredness and the holiness of Mecca. Thus he said to them, just as you would never do anything, to violate these days because of the level of sacredness that you hold these days at, understand, understand that a life is sacred just like this. Subhanallah. Look how he, how he presented the information to them. That there's, let's not mince our words here. And let's be appropriate with the instruction. Just as you would never violate Makkah and never violate Dhul Hijjah, and never violate Arafah. Never violate the life of somebody else. Never violate the life of somebody else. And this is from the instructions of the Sharia, O servants of Allah. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَلَا تَقْتُلُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ And do not kill yourselves. And Allah says, وَلَا تَقْتُلُوا النَّفْسَ الَّتِي حَرَّمَ اللَّهِ إِلَّا بِالْحَقِّ And do not kill a nafs, a life that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made forbidden for you to do so, illa bil except if there's a sharia-based permissibility in doing so. And this is not for anyone to discuss, rather it's for the hakim, or the leader of the Muslims in an Islamic state. There's no vigilante justice in Islam. There's no vigilante justice in Islam. Thus those who practice this vigilante justice, they need to take heed of this message of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Because the only life that can be taken is that which is done with the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and there's an entire constitution in the sharia that needs to be followed before an instruction of permissibility can come about for this life to be taken. So this is from the teachings of our sharia and this is from the lessons of the final sermon. Thus despite what the media says, O servants of Allah, and O children of Adam, and despite their attempts to persuade the masses against the correct beliefs of Islam, we should never ever forget our values. And the promotion of our values. We must promote this final sermon and the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and never ever become confused or in doubt regarding the values of Islam. Regarding the values of Islam. May Allah grant us the understanding. Ameen.